Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Weekends were made for sports. Now do the robot voice. I want to hear it again. Meet more sharp robot. That's a terrible robot voice. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. Everyone, meet freelance alien bounty hunter Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp? The football guy? Yeah, I hunt aliens now. Used to catch TDs, now I catch ETs. You ever caught an alien, Shannon? Not yet, Mr. Question, but I'll let you know when I do. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. Where are the turtles? Where are the turtles? Come on, guys, get out of here. Where are the turtles? And Rashad Taylor. Nobody calls me Lebowski. You got the wrong guy. I'm the dude, man. On 1080 The Fan. Power 2 of 2 here on Sports Sunday. Mike Rashad and Joe with you. 503-250-1080 is the fan text line. If you would like to text us, uh, I want to bring this up in a second. We got a text. Hey guys, what about Terry Stotts? Mm, uh oh. And I, I saw a big fire Terry Stotts push after game four when they just didn't show up for that game. And I want to talk about that. So that'll be coming up here in a couple of minutes, but Rashad is right. He goes, it's been too long in the show already, and I've only mentioned it once. R.I.P. Uncle Cliffy, Cliff Robinson, passes away from lymphoma, mm. a battle with lymphoma, and uh, passed away a couple days, oh, yesterday, passed away yesterday. All the Blazers came out with headbands on for the game yesterday, which was really cool. I liked that a lot. Uh, and they kept him on the whole game, a really, really nice touch. So RIP Uncle Cliff. I know you have, you probably have a lot to say. I I didn't watch Cliff Robinson as a Blazer, so I don't have these like personal connections. It was before my time here. So I, I open the floor to you. I, I assume uh like many Portlanders, one of your faves. So number one, I'll start by saying, man, twenty twenty is an SOB, man. Like twenty twenty has has not been kind to us in in any way. Um we've lost to be honest, we've lost heroes in both in the, the figurative and literal sense. 
You know, yesterday also we lost Chad, Chadwick Bozeman. Black Panther. Black Panther. King um, T'Challa or T'Challa, however you say T'Challa. Yeah. T'Challa. Um, and then... Also Jackie Robinson in 42. Jackie, also Jackie Robinson. He played James Brown. He, you know, he played Thurgood, Mar- Thurgood Marshall. You know, there's no one that he, he had some he great played. roles. He had some really, really great roles, yeah. man. Um, and then you find out about Cliff Robinson. Now, obviously, Chad Chadwick Boseman was a huge hit. You know, just for for the culture for for black culture in in particular, just because I mean, as a young black kid, there weren't a lot of black superheroes that were on TV that we could look at. Storm from the X Men, Static Shock. People probably don't know what Static Shock is. It was an old I cartoon that that came on that was that was awesome about a young black kid. And then you see this guy, T'Challa, you know Chadwick Boseman play Black Panther in a, a controversial movie to some because some people hate it, some people love it. What? I'm one of those people hate that it. love the yeah, other. A lot of people love, they hate back Black Panther. What? Yeah. Isn't I thought that was like a universally beloved movie, not there, only for is, being a good superhero that, movie, but that, also being there, a massive blockbuster that has an almost entirely black cast. Yeah, there are some people that absolutely hate Black Panther, and that's I mean that's fine. That's you know that's totally up to you. You know you can love or hate whatever you you know you kind of kind of. Do they want hate it to. because it's a bad movie? Yeah, there's some people that don't like the CGI. I'll be honest, the fight scene at the end was well, kind of yeah. Like, the last fight scene is terrible. Like, but, so, but there are some people that really take that and flaws. say it's whatever. But that was that part. And then I get the news that, man, Cliff Robinson has passed away. And for me, that was a huge hit to my childhood. That was a huge hit. Like, if you're from Portland, a lot of people probably still have those Dairy Queen cups. I still have mine. I and saw someone post a picture of it. One of on them was, the was, was, was Uncle Cliff, you know, on there. And you think about why people love this town and why people love this team. And it starts with that 1990s Blazer teams. Like, those guys were just an embodiment of what this city was. They did everything from going to the local radio stations and doing interviews and then putting out records like Bust a Bucket, you know, or stuff like that. Like, those are things that a lot of people, a lot of teams around the country weren't doing. The Blazers had this team of characters. And it was like you pick your best one. You pick your favorite one. So a lot of times we talk about Clyde Drexler and his greatness is kind of dependent on how good those other guys were underneath them. They were great. You know, Terry Terry Porter was awesome. That was a character that you could, you know, latch on to and love. Jerome Kersey was, man, so cool and so dapper. It's always super sharp and stuff like that. He was the super ladies' man, like Jerome Kersey. And then, you know, Buck Williams and Kevin Duckworth and all these guys. And right in the middle of all those things was, man, Uncle Cliffy. How many dudes wore a headband in the NBA at that point? Very know. few. I don't know. <laughs> Very few. After that, I think what Chris Gatling wore a head, head wore a headband up until Allen Iverson made it a thing again. LeBron but for the most part. And, uh, and nobody. Oh, he's not doing it for Cliff. But Iverson, he's doing it because he's embarrassed. Iverson was the one that started wearing it again, and then LeBron picked it up and made you know the well, Mello too. I think yeah, Mello and LeBron from there. But uh, Cliff Robinson then started to uh, really. He was one of the first people like people. Uh, of of note that started in the marijuana industry, which is something that's become as big as the beer industry From, here in uh, Portland. Uncle Cliffy to Uncle, Uncle Spliffy. Spliffy, you know that was and that was one of those things at a point that was taboo. You didn't see a lot of celebrities, especially local celebrities, you know, backing stuff like marijuana. Like you see it all the time with beer and wine and uh, whiskey, but never for marijuana. And Uncle Spliffy's was one of the first ones, man. Like, uh, and then I know he has 
students or kids that, man, went to school at Jefferson. And one of them is a senior now in high school. And, you know, my condolences to his family and to his, um, you know, to, to everybody that really knew Cliff Robinson and had some type of connection uh, with him. I can't tell you how many Blazer autographs I got from Uncle Cliff because he just happened to show up to the park that day or he happened to show up to the tournament that day or he happened to show up to the basketball camp. Like, he was one of those guys when he was a Blazer, man, he was the embodiment of a Blazer. He really, he's one of those guys to set the blueprint for Dane and set the blueprint for Brandon Roy and all those guys that came in and really had. Although he wasn't the star. He was not the star, but that was the thing. He was a star, though. Like, he was not the star of the team, but he was indeed a star here in Portland. And and it was it was it's one of them things, man. Like, I don't know if we'll ever see a team like that again because the number of personalities you had on it, the lovable personalities, but uh, Cliff Robinson was special, man. And, uh, you know, he'll, he'll definitely be missed as a Blazer fan. That's for sure. R.I.P. Cliff. Uh, sad, sad year. Sad year, bro. Sad year. I was going to say sad day as it's just a sad year. Just, I mean, just think, man, we lost Kobe in January, and then COVID hits, then people are unemployed, and then you lose uh, – I can't even really – I'm trying to think of all the people that we've actually just, just lost this year, and it's it's becoming overwhelming. It's almost becoming kind of numbing for a lot of people. It's like, oh, he passed? Oh, well, okay. Well, I mean, That's too bad. there's these kind of things just every terrible. year with the deaths of celebrities that you care about. But it's just hitting different this year because everything else is going crazy. It's it's a year of insanity and um, things like that. When you're when when people pass away that you have used in the past or enjoyed in the past as a way to disconnect or calm down or relax, Chadwick Boseman as a movie star or you know something that you enjoy watching watching the Blazers, it hits hard when everything around you is blowing up and you're like, man, I love Chadwick Boseman. And I loved watching his movies and I loved seeing his videos and I loved seeing him on SNL or on whatever late night show he was on because it just made me happy. And that's some, that's one less thing to make me happy in this year of S because uh, he's passed away. Yes. I mean, you can still watch his work, of course, but you know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, it's it's been it's the you know, it's one of those things. It's 2020. So, I don't know what else to say. Right. Yeah. Damn you, 2020. Man. Damn you, 2020. All right. Uh, before we break here, let's get back to the Blazers, and then we'll get to the uh, the boycott next segment. I saw a lot of the fire Terry Stotts crowd after game four. And, again, someone texted in to the fan text line here and said, well, what about Terry Stotts? I didn't see him make enough adjustments at the end of the series. I feel very strongly about this. If you are going to fire your coach, you have to have a good replacement in place in your mind as a fan uh, that's better than him, right? I mean, as uh, for the team too, but if you're a fan advocating for firing Terry Stotts, you better have a better option ready to go. I don't think there's many better options out there outside of like, oh, I don't know, Greg Popovich or like maybe Eric Spolster or something, but they're not leading, right? You're not going to get them. So if you fire Terry Stotts, what do you do? What's your choice? You want Mark Jackson to come out of retirement and coach your team? You want another also ran? Do you want another guy who's been bouncing around three different teams because he can't keep a job? No, I don't want that. I think Terry Stotts is one of the better coaches in the NBA. He's not one of the best. He's got his flaws, but he's one of the better coaches in the NBA. And Damian Lillard loves him. Do you really want to anger your superstar player because, uh, you know, of one bad playoff series against the Lakers when every person was injured? I don't think so. So, 
yeah, Terry Sods has his flaws. His defensive system is bad. I don't think he's a good defensive coach. Uh, they lose their best defensive assistant this year. He went to Minnesota. Uh, his style of defense, for whatever reason, he thinks it's the right way to do it. I think it's been proven night in and night out. It's not. He likes to do the sagging off of shooters in the mid range. Um, he does the constant switching. It leaves guys in bad matchups. It leaves guys with wide open floaters. And for whatever reason, he he thinks that's the right way. I don't understand it outside of maybe the analytics point to something. It doesn't seem to work. Beyond that, Terry Stotts is a great offensive mind. He gets a ton out of players that don't have a lot to give. And he's really, really good at getting the Blazers into the playoffs when really the Blazers are not the best team in the world. They've got some great players, but otherwise it's like, oh, wow, look at what he look at what he turned this player into. Look at how he's using this player and making them a, a viable player. Look at Rodney Hood, for example, last year, right? Rodney Hood comes in. He finds a good spot with the team. Terry Stotts puts him in situations to succeed, and he turns into a really good player again, a guy who had been inconsistent in his career, a guy who actually stays uh, after his first year here and, and signs a, a, another contract afterwards. I don't think you fire Terry Stotts. I think that's the wrong way to go about this. Uh, that's a that's a that's a tough one because, like you said, who do you get to replace him? You know, Mark Jackson. I think you know we love in theory, but the truth is, Mark Jackson can't coach X's and O's. That was a big reason that he was fired in Golden State. Like, how do you make it to the second round of the playoffs and get fired with a team that's never been there before? It's because at the end of the day, you couldn't coach strategy. Um, and I think having a defensive strategy is equally as important. You know, the Warriors are great because offensively they're great, but defensively they're great as well. I think the Lakers, you can say the same thing. Defensively, the Bucks, like the 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 Blazers are so focused on being number one scoring wise, but you can't stop anybody. So it's great that you can score 132, but you're giving up 136 every night. And I think that's the the big issue for the Blazers and for Terry Stotts is because I think people have lost faith in the fact that you're trying defensively like I mean and you can only play with what you have out there maybe he needs to uh, consult more with whom they go for after for free agents and things like that because you keep getting the same quality of players and they're all six foot guards Anthony Simons Damian Lillard CJ McCollum Gary Trent Jr. they're all six something guards like you need to get more you need an athletic wing like if you would got Carmelo five years ago six years ago you'd probably be in much better position because you have more of an athletic wing that can do something. Well, you maybe see Ariza next year. You might see Ariza, but Ariza's 38, you know, 37 at this point. Like, I mean, is he I, don't, that old I don't think he's that old, but I think he's like 34, he's, 30. You know, he's he's up there. Trevor Ariza's not a spring chicken. Trevor Ariza, I mean, 53. No. He's 35. Yeah, so not again, not a spring chicken anymore. And I understand you're trying to, you know, get some veterans around your these young guys, but the truth is Dame is 30 now. Like he's approaching the, the, I guess, kind of the end of his prime, you know, here in a couple of years. And so I, I would say with superstar players, he's got, he's 30. Yeah, he's 30. Um, three years. He's left? got five years, I think, left of being the best point guard in the league. I think, I think so. he's got three. I think so. I think he might have three in him. Because okay, remember, say three to five. Because, right? yeah, because you also, have three to five years yeah, to figure it out. Three to five years to figure that out. But if you're Dame, time is. Time's running out. And like I was kind of saying, Dame is going to be I'm one of those guys. On ticking, ticking, ticking. <laughs> Man, ticking into, into the, the future. future. Man, what's your future going to be, Dame? And, you know, it's 
We he's saying all the right throw a things. Seal at you. Damian, <laughs> Damian Lillard is saying all the right things. You know, I'm gonna be here. I'm gonna do it the right way. I'm not running from the grind. Y'all boys, stop running from the from the grind. You trash. Like all those little things. He's going to be in a position in Portland to where we eventually say, if he's not winning, man, go ahead and do your thing, bro. Like it's okay. Just go and play for someone else and win a championship. Like I, I think you you you've earned that point because uh, with the roster they have now and with the the way that their money is kind of tied up who are the blazers going to realistically get in free agency to help this team well like, first of all you're assuming that free agency is the route to take because it's never been before okay and the the draft hasn't been great to you you've been able to get cj and dame that's great that's good you were able to get cj and dame out of the draft and then you haven't you've you passed on some pretty significant players in between there. I think somebody you got on the, text into the draft too. You did, but you passed you you passed on somebody uh, alluded to it. Man, you passed on Donovan Mitchell. You passed on Bam Adebayo. You yep. passed on Justin Jackson and Kyle Kuzma and Dylan Brooks. I think we all would have passed on Dylan Brooks, you know, at that point. But and Justin Jackson. Yeah, you, you passed on a lot of people that were really, really good. Imagine if you had drafted Bam instead of trading up to get Zach Collins. All of a sudden, you don't have to. You, you're not having some of the problems you have. And on top of that, now you got a guy that's giving you, you know, seventeen and nine every single night to go with CJ's twenty. And Although to go maybe with he things. and Nurkic are too similar. <laughs> I no, because they're both they're both like point centers. Because they both they both handle the ball at the top of the yeah, but key. Bam is the one you want at the end of the game because Nurkic can't run up and down the court, you know, all the way. Like, I think that's the big thing when it's time to get on the break. Like, Bam is going to be able to run the break with you, Nurkic, especially if he's playing a more athletic center who's going to outrun him the way Javale McGee was doing sometimes. Like, that's going to be a problem. Uh, one text here: trade CJ plus a combo of Collins, Whiteside, Simons, or Trent for Ben Simmons or a stud two or three. I mean, yeah, that sounds great on paper, but. You gotta you gotta find that player and make that trade. A, to be honest, I don't want Ben Simmons. Uh, I don't. Uh, ben Simmons doesn't fit on the Blazers because he can't shoot. So, but that's not what you need. You're the number one. You're one of the best scoring teams in the league. Well, right. You need somebody that can lock down a perimeter defender, Ben Simmons, and then be able to get to the rim whenever he wants to for easy baskets. I think Ben Simmons. I think Ben Simmons is very good, but I think there are better options out there. That's all I'm saying. Because the way the the way the system is built, you need everyone needs to be able to shoot the three. It's just that simple. Everyone needs to be able to, and he cannot. So that's that's it. But yeah, that kind of quality of player, sure. I just don't know if that's possible. But yes, I do think that that is the that is the big swing you need to take. That's what I was saying last segment. Is it's time. It is time. I know that you love CJ McCollum, Neil O'Shea. You love him. You absolutely adore him, and you just gave him his long term contract. But who is the most tradable player on your team? CJ, because you're not trading Dame. So we talked about this ad nauseum. I think it's funny that CJ always gets brought up to be traded immediately when they start losing again. But there's swings and there's swings. They're shooting your shot and they're shooting your shot. Trade CJ and a combination of something and just try to go get another superstar back. Because CJ is an amazing scorer, but he ain't a superstar. He's not. He's not. And he never will be. And that's just the truth of it. So he's your tradable asset. That, that's the only thing I can imagine them doing to actually make that big swing that I want, but I don't imagine them doing it because Olshay loves CJ so much. It's not going to happen, but I want it to. I'd love to see it. Well, you know, he's he's a very valuable piece, and uh, I think sometime when you let go of those guys and, you know, sometimes the juice isn't worth the squeeze, so we'll see. I think, honestly, I think CJ is... You don't want him to trade CJ? I, th- I, don't, I mean, he's... No. Like, say what you will. CJ's clutch. 
when you need clutch baskets, man, he's not afraid of the moment. Like, yeah, I don't think you have to be a superstar to be clutch. I think having making having those clutch moments makes you a superstar. And I think CJ has that, and I think he's just the rest of the team. I don't know if it's his fault. Like, last night he did everything he was supposed to do. I don't know if the, everything that happens with the Blazers is his fault. He's easy to look at and say, we got to trade him because everybody knows he's good enough to get something for him. Well, yeah, that's something the only back. reason you're trading but, him. Yeah, but it won't be CJ. You're going to have to give up a third of your team because as good as CJ is, if you want Ben Simmons, you're going to have to give up a little yes. more than just CJ. So you're well, going to give up a Rodney Hood. You're going to give up other, man, really good pieces of your team to get that. Like, but take the swing. Yeah, I you mean, have that's, to. And that's why I think, man. At this point, you have to make that attempt or else this will be the same fate for the Blazers. But how do they get better if they're losing their good players? Single. That's what I'm saying. If you're losing your good players, how are you getting better? If you disintegrate three of your good players for another one good player, like how did you just get better? You just got worse. It's not addition by such subtraction a lot of times, and especially if you're talking about a player like Ben Simmons who doesn't shoot the three as well or, you know, whatever. Well, I mean, yeah, he doesn't shoot it, you know, not very well, but it's – <laughs> <laughs> not very well. We'll say that he can. There's there's room for growth and and for improvement. But if he can do all, the, all these other things well in a league to where everybody or a lot of people average twenty or what thirty people average twenty, and he's still a twenty point scorer and can't shoot a three, that's pretty impressive. Just saying, Giannis can't shoot one either. Well, but Giannis is way better at everything else. He's not a better way passer better. than Ben Simmons, but he's a better he's a better rebounder and everything else. But I think you we also forget it took Giannis five, six years to be at that point to where he was absolutely unstoppable. This is year three for Ben Simmons. Hmm. I guess so, that's true. I just know. I really don't like Ben Simmons. I don't. I don't like the Sixers players. I don't want Embiid either. If there's other options, like Embiid's great. You're tripping. But Embiid is hurt constantly. And there's always the conversations about him not being a good fit in the locker room. So, uh, again. Are we give, supposed to break? Give me some other options. Yes, we're supposed to break. Oh, okay. Whoops. Well, Joe's not even telling me to break. I don't know. For what? I guess, uh, you know, first day back for Mike on uh, Sports Sports Sunday. I should be on him a little bit more about this, you know, out of the groove of things. Should I? (laughs) Or should I? Have I learned from Isaac just to keep stalling even though we're supposed to break? (laughs) Oh, no. Come on. Hey, Rashad. Hmm? How's the weather out there right now? Mike. <laughs> uh, let's talk some of the boycott stuff next. Uh, I'm very curious to see how both of you guys feel in the text line about the two-day boycott and what it means and if you think it was as effective as they wanted it to be, et cetera, because I have, I have an opinion on that. And um, we'll get to that next. Sports Sunday on the Fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. So it was a pretty interesting week, pretty powerful week in sports as the Jacob Blake shooting in Kenosha, Wisconsin happened and the sports world decided to stop. The NBA led the way. The Bucs led the way, actually. Good on Milwaukee for uh, being the team to to be the first one to just say, look, we're not playing today. And uh, the rest of the NBA followed suit, and they decided to not play games for a couple of days, and they returned yesterday back in the bubble for the playoffs. Now, this is a couple of days old of a story now, and I've talked about this on primetime, but my big thought was... 
this was that one of those big moments in trying to make change, in my opinion. And athletes have a lot of power, and athletes have a lot of people that listen to them and respect their opinion. And my thought was, if you're deciding to not play the game because you're upset over what happened and you want to make a statement, that's fantastic. But this is there is a crux here, and you can go one of two directions. You can play again, or you can say, look, we've had enough. It's The social messages on our jerseys and the social media posts aren't cutting it anymore. We got to go make real change. And my thought was the NBA should, the, the teams and the players should say, we're done. And we go back to our markets and we make change in all of our cities or nationally, right? Some of the guys have national profiles, LeBron looking right at you. Um, let's make change. Let's take this opportunity. Let's take this moment that we have where people are looking for towards us and what we're going to do. And let's make a statement. Let's follow in the footsteps of Muhammad Ali. Let's, let's, let's have a moment like the, like the fists of fury. Let's have a moment where we, we say sports aren't important right now, but we can, we can be a big difference in making the change. And I was kind of hoping to see that. I really wanted to see that from the players, not because I wanted to lose basketball. I mean, I've been enjoying watching the playoffs. It's been a lot of fun in the bubble, but because I felt like it was the right time for that. It felt like it was, it felt like that moment to me. And when they decided to, and when then the Lakers and Clippers said, we don't want to play and they left the room, I was like, good on you. Cause you guys have the most to lose here. Cause you're the two best teams in the bubble. And you're saying, we're going to choose not to play because we want to fight this. And then the rest of the NBA was like, yeah, no, we kind of want to play instead. And that's fine. You can make that decision. I think they said, oh, well, we're still together, so we can do more together. But to me, that decision makes the initial few days of the boycott or the strike or whatever you want to call it seem more hollow. It just makes it seem more hollow to me. I think this was a huge chance to really, really be the impetus and change. And maybe that can still be the case, but it doesn't seem that way. It doesn't feel the same anymore because they decided to come back and play. I wanted, I really wanted them to make that moment. I think they did uh, make that moment. And, you know, first off, I think, number one, uh, people owe Kyrie Irving an apology. That's the first thing. Because Kyrie Irving was one of the few players that was outspoken about, man, let's cancel this. Uh, I'm not with it. Like there's other it's things, a distraction. There's right? other things to focus on right now. And us going to play basketball Hopefully Kyrie is just is going that, to, you know, is just going to bring more attention to the wrong stuff. We say all the time that we want our athletes to have these platforms or to use their platforms in positive ways, you know, and ways to really promote positive change. They feel like in a lot of ways, man, this is the best way for them to do that because after a lot of these interviews they're having, they're speaking about social justice. After a lot of their after a lot of the game interviews and stuff like that, it's about social justice. One thing we haven't talked about enough is the WNBA and of course, you know, why would we talk women's basketball, right? That's not a that's not a a, a hot button for for talk radio. So why would we? 
But the WNBA is also really, I know nothing about it, so I don't. Oh, well, I mean, talking there's that because people because honestly, people <laughs> don't really don't really care to learn about the WNBA. There's some amazing athletes there because they can't dunk or whatever. They're just not as supportive. When's the last time you heard Sabrina's name, Sabrina and Inescu? Was well, last she's time. hurt. She's hurt. But I'm saying like it was when when she first got out there, it was okay, yeah. But then it was like, eh. well, she got hurt like in the second game. She didn't play that much. She played like a few games. Yeah, and then she, she was, got hurt. But yeah, that hurt. first game was like, let's see what she does. Then it was like, eh. We saw it. It's cool. You know, I think women's basketball gets swept under the rug. But as far as social justice, care. I didn't watch no, it. As far as social justice, like the women have been right there as far as making sure that uh, the name Breonna Taylor isn't forgotten. They came out and had the seven, the seven, uh, holes. The seven holes on there, the back yeah. of their shirt to represent that Jacob was Blake. That was something. That was something. But it, I think that struck that struck more of a nerve with some people than the actual the actual Jacob Blake shooting. That's the issue. And that's why I think people don't want to play. You're looking at Milwaukee, and this happened in Wisconsin. So they feel a, a type of way. And if they're willing to walk away from it, man, uh, by all means, go for it. But the thing about it that we have to remember is but not everybody's making Giannis Antetokounmpo money. Like, not everybody is making LeBron James and Anthony Davis money. Some of these dudes need to be there to be able to get paid and be able to uh, support their families at a time where 73 million Americans filed for unemployment. Like, people need to be able to pay for their stuff. So yeah, there are some people that are like, yeah, I'm not willing to, to lose this money. Like I have to continue to work and I have to continue to do what we have to do. So I understand, you know, a part of why they boycott it for, for X amount of time, but like they have to put a plan together and what the NBA's plan is going to be, whether that's give them giving money, them uh, providing more after school programs, more fighting, finding more uh, resources for parents at this time. Like, They've got to figure out what that's going to be, you know, I think uh, collectively within the NBA. But, I mean, you you, they, you said you would come back and play and go back and play. And I totally understand, man, boycotting for the moment because at that point sports didn't seem right. It didn't seem right to continue to just go out there with these messages of social justice on our back and then we're seeing this all over again. And people can feel the way they want to feel about how what type of person Jacob Blake was and what it was. I, I don't know. I don't know. That's not well, for me. It doesn't that's really not matter. For me to, yeah, and that's not for me to decide. Much like it's not for the police to decide who dies and when. Yeah, it doesn't. And so that's not that's not for me to decide. And people can feel whatever they want to feel. Fine, cool. That's the that's the the beauty of America. You can feel how you want to feel, and you're entitled to feel that way. I'm saying you have a group of a majority of a majority black men in this group of this fraternity of the NBA. That honestly, it could be any one of them. Like if you're talking about. Uh, people being uh, racially profiled, the profile typically looks like an NBA player. Tall black men wearing some type of hoodie or or some type of athletic wear or something like that, dressed, you know, dressed more urban, <laughs> NBA player, tattoos, all that stuff. They fit the bill 100%. You think that they're not angry about this? You think that they like seeing these things happen over and over again? Absolutely not. So I totally understand the point of the – but here's the cool part. We're only talking about the NBA and why they're back to work. Nobody's mentioned baseball. Baseball went back after their one or two-day uh, – Well, not every uh, team even did it either. Not every team every, even, baseball even did it. Baseball so, did it very strangely. No, but some of them actually did. And NHL everybody. took two days off. They came back. MLS and, took two days off. They and, came back. And exactly. But the thing about it is we're not, we're not addressing those guys that came back. It's the NBA. Why did you guys come back? Why did baseball come back? Why did hockey resume? Like, well, where's the where are those questions? You and, know why? And here's the cold part: those would probably be the ones that probably should boycott. Well, I I think the NBA, considering 
the the players in the league had the biggest voice at the table of the sports going 100%. right now. If the NBA decided we're done, you may have seen some of the other leagues decide that they were done too. Maybe not. 100%. Yeah. Um, but it, because the NBA decided to play again, so did these leagues as well. Um, I'm not saying that what they did wasn't powerful. I'm not saying that they can't still enact change moving forward. I just felt like in order to really take advantage of the situation, which is a sad way to say it, but take advantage of what had happened and their role in society, they could have they could have really just been like sports doesn't effing matter. And you know what? And when you don't get your entertainment because people keep getting shot in the back. Black people keep getting shot point blank in the back for nothing, right? Or would look like nothing. So it's like we're not playing and entertaining you. We're gonna try and change this. So and, what, and, and, and what, I just felt like going back to play it kind of allows them to be distracted again by the game. And what did people say when they said initially when athletes came out and said, yeah, basketball's not important right now. We don't want to do this. We don't want to play. I'm not thinking about even a season. What did they say? Oh, selfish, spoiled athletes. Get out there and do what you're supposed to do. Everybody has to go to work. Well, some people are out of work. Yeah, there were a lot of people, that, uh, a lot of voices that kind of said that. And now here it is. Yeah, this isn't right. We told you we didn't want to play in the first place. Oh, again, entitled. You know how many comments I read that said, oh, I'm done watching the NBA. This is stupid. These guys make so much money. Oh, my gosh. Well, get over yourself. No, yeah. Some of, yeah, but it's just it's it's one of those things, man, and that's that's kind of the tone of it right now, man. So it's it's a it's <laughs> it's a crazy time. It's a, a unprecedented time, and I think people just have to uh, deal with it the best way that they can. But if the way you're dealing with it is – you know, acting like it doesn't exist and acting like everything is all good, then you're you're sadly, sadly mistaken. If you don't believe me, man, go to go downtown and look at your city and see what it looks like. That's the that's the voice of the unheard and the voice of people that feel like they're being uh, marginalized and and not listened to. All right, let's take a break. Coming up next, hate it or love it. First, Joe Sports. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. All right, that music means it's time for Hate It or Love It. Joe asks the questions. We answer. Joe awards the points. One of us wins. And then that, that person gets to host the last segment. So, um, what do we got today, Joe? All right. All NBA here. Okay. Uh, first one, I feel like we've got an interesting second round matchup between the Milwaukee Bucks and the Miami Heat. I don't know if you've watched the Heat at all in these playoffs. Heat They're look good. deep. They have a really good coach. I like Bam. Um, I like Jimmy Butler. I like Tyler. I mean, I really like that whole team, honestly. So, hate or love it. The Miami Heat will beat the Milwaukee Bucks. Hmm. Uh, hmm. you know what? Love. I love it. A point for going for it. Uh, so the Bucks are really good, but yet there's something missing from Milwaukee every year. Every year there's something that they that they don't have that that makes them not able to get to the final stop, uh, final stop. I don't know what it is, but it still exists because the Bucks haven't changed too much as a team. Also, the bubble's a little bit weird, right? It's a different environment. There's no home games. And the Heat have looked the best of any team that I've watched in the bubble. 
from the seeding games all the way through, of all the teams that I've watched, the Heat have looked the best to me. Um, I think that I think Jimmy Butler is really good, and when he's on it, he's on it. And Bam Adebayo, man, he is something special. Yeah, he's nice. He is something extra, extra special. And I mean, Joe's right. I love Spolstra. Spolstra's a great coach. He gets not enough credit at all for being a great coach. He managed all the personalities with LeBron and Bosch and Wade. He's still the coach there, and he's able to build these really, really successful teams that, you know, they haven't won the finals or anything, but he builds good teams. And I I like the Heat's energy more than the Bucks. I do. So, love. Uh, man, uh, I love it. Um, just for the simple fact that I think Miami kind of reminds me a little bit of that uh, Toronto team that ended up winning last year. A bunch of scrappy guys, a really good two guard that can play both sides of the floor, uh, a pretty good third option that nobody's really figured out yet and bam out of Bayou or second option that nobody's figured out yet and bam out of Bayou. Like last year, nobody could figure out Pascal Siakam because nobody knew anything about the kid. Now you got this guy in Bam who's six foot nine, can run the floor, can rebound, can dunk over you, can also kind of shoot a little bit. What if we get a Toronto-Miami series? That would be awesome. That would be awesome. That's actually what I'm rooting for because, honestly, I think the Bucs are a great regular season team. But the thing about the playoffs is you play the best teams in basketball. And right now, if you're asking me, I think the Heat are just a, a, a deeper team, man. Somebody like Kelly Olenek coming off the bench. And then, obviously, uh, Gordon Dragic, who's a sneaky good point guard. Nobody ever talks about Gordon Dragic being a good point guard. But every year, he's just super consistent and just kind of does his own little thing. And then Jay Crowder throwing tough guys like Jay Crowder. Obviously, you're talking about Jimmy Buckets, man. I'd like the the mentality that Jimmy Butler brings to every team he's on. You just have to be tougher when you play with Jimmy Butler. And I think when it comes down to toughness, hey, I'm that rhyme. Did you, that you gotta be tough. I mean, Hey, that's trademark that that's all you, <laughs> Jimmy buckets. But if you really want to be a, a, a championship team, you've got to be tougher. Last year, Milwaukee wasn't as tough as Toronto. And that's the reason they, that they lost. And if you're looking at toughness, man, I think Miami is the toughest team left in the playoffs for the Eastern conference. You both lose a point for not men- mentioning Duncan Robinson. Or man, how about my guy, my guy Tyler Hero is that's my dude. You I know, know what I'm saying? I know, I'm but Duncan big, Robinson, Robinson's really good. Duncan Robinson is, is great. You know what I'm saying? He didn't have a great game the last time, but Tyler Hero did, and he's been somebody that like since he came back from injury has been a big. You're, you're big trying plus to save the point, Rashad. It's like, too yeah, late. It's, I've lost it already. Y'all, it's all I feel like Robinson doesn't miss threes. Like isn't he oh, like no, he's nice, like a 42 percent three point right. shooter or something? Yeah, he's yeah automatic. Also, they've got the best cheerleader on the bench, Myers Leonard. What? It's true. He, he doesn't lose, play. You lose a point for mentioning his name. You're telling me you don't love Myers? Come Mo- on, Joe. Mo- moving on. Um, I didn't okay. even have that many points to begin with, Joe. Okay, I think it's evident in the West, the Lakers and Clippers are uh, above everyone else. I think they're going to be in the Western Conference Finals. And as far as likability goes, I don't really like either of them. And oh, when I look in the Eastern Conference, you know, don't mind the Bucks. I like Giannis if they win it. Great. I really like the Raptors. I w- honestly wouldn't mind seeing them go back to back. And then the Celtics, they have a somewhat likable team. So we hate it or love it. You prefer to see an Eastern Conference team win it all this year. Uh, hate it. You know, Eastern Conference has an easy route to the championship every year because half of their uh, playoff teams suck. Anything past the fourth seed is not a good team. 
Uh, we saw how easy Philly got bounced. We saw how easy uh, Indiana got bounced. We saw how easy Orlando got bounced. Like, it was just one of those things. So it's a pretty much an easy round. There's, whole, there's basically not even the first round for you in the East in the Eastern Conference just because if you're a one through four seed, you're pretty much going to win that. So I want to see the best basketball team win. And the best basketball teams have, for the most part, came from the Western Conference. Outside of that one year where if Toronto wouldn't have won last year, if Clay Thompson, who had 30 in the third quarter, doesn't go down. So um, let's let's be real. Let's go one further. Cleveland doesn't win if Draymond doesn't go down and they have to go back and they win that goes a game five or game six or whatever it was without Draymond. So, yes, the best teams for the most part have came from the Western Conference. If you look at the top four in the West, would anybody be upset about any one of those four teams winning? Maybe maybe Houston. You know, it will be the one team that nobody really wants to see win. But outside of that, man, if the Clippers won, you'd be like, oh, okay. If the Lakers won, you'd be like, yeah, they probably should have. You know, so nobody. It's about likability. Yeah. That is the question. I don't don't like any of the teams, man. (laughs) Man, Toronto's. I like Toronto. So, yes, I guess that's the one team I'm pulling for now, Toronto. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say love because it's a style of play thing for me. The Western teams that are good, very star-based. Very isolation basketball lead. LeBron, Anthony Davis, Paul George, Kawhi. Watching the Celtics play is a treat. I hate Boston teams. I do. I just, it's it's in my blood to hate anything from Boston because I'm from the New York area. I'm from Jersey, but you know what I mean. I, I root for the New York teams. Uh, but Boston plays beautiful basketball. Toronto plays basketball the right way because they don't have stars anymore. Their best player is Fred Van Vliet. And he's turned into, he's going to make some money this offseason, by the way. But uh, him and Siakam and Kyle Lowry, I mean, it's a lot of passing. It's a lot of good play. It's the same with the Heat. The Heat just play beautiful basketball. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to root for a team that's not the team I pull for in the Blazers, I'm going to root for a team that plays basketball that I want to watch. And, of course, I like watching the Stars play. Like, it'd be be exciting and cool if if the Clippers or Lakers made the finals and, you know, the storylines and you get to see the Stars. But, I mean, give me the... Give me the Nuggets, right? The Nuggets play basketball in a fun way. Lots of shooting, lots of passing, really good in inside-outside basketball. And that's what I like about some of those t- teams at the top of the East is it's uh, not the Bucks. I don't like the way the Bucks play necessarily. I, I kind of I find the Bucks very boring generally. I don't know why. When I watch them play, I just am like, yeah, I don't care. Uh, but the other three teams I mentioned, it's a style of play thing. Yeah, absolutely. Love. All right, and real quickly, rapid fire. Carmelo Anthony will be on the Portland Trailblazers next season. Hater to love it. I'm going to say hate. I think Rashad made a really great point. When everybody wants you, he's not going to stay in Portland. You think he wants to leave his son and wife in New York again? He wants to be closer to home. Guaranteed. Um, Do I want him to stay in Portland? Absolutely. Uh, Do I think it would be the right fit for him? Absolutely. I don't think he's going to go to a much better place that would be good for him, especially with the way Damian Lillard leads this team and finds ways for everybody to stay happy and finds roles for them and explains things to them. Um, but let's not get stuck into falling in love with a player because he says he likes Portland. We've heard it before. And <coughs> Marcus the, and, exactly. And the Blazers have been burned before by it. And the fans have been burned before emotionally. So is it the best spot for him? Probably. Do I want him to stay? Yes. Will he stay gun to my head? No. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I love that. He'll be somewhere else. No. 
I hate no, it. Carmelo yeah. Anthony will be a Blazer next no, season. No, unfortunately, I hate it, man. Like, Carmelo Anthony, again, he, he is a He doesn't lose superstar. a point for saying thank I'm you. I'm sorry, man. Like, I, I know, man. Carmelo Anthony <laughs> is somebody that's really became uh, one of those Blazers that, man, you've really grown to, to respect as his time uh, in a Blazer uniform. He's going to go down as one of those guys that only wore the uniform for a bit, but you love him. Andre Miller was one of those guys that only wore the Blazer jersey for a bit, but he was a great Blazer uh, when he was here. Um, so I think he's just kind of one of those guys that's going to go into that. Marcus Camby is also one of those guys. When he was a Blazer, and he was a great Blazer. You know what I'm saying? You just love him. And Melo's one of those dudes that now that he's gone or now that he's, you know, that he played and had his year, uh, a lot of teams, championship teams, are going to be looking for his services. Like, there's a lot of people that could use his 16 points a game, you know, especially if you're talking uh, the Warriors, the Lakers, the Bucks, you know, the Raptors, all those guys. So, yes. And with that, we have our winner, Rashad. Back like I never left, baby. I felt like I was doing well that with him, too. I don't understand. Is it because I lost too many points? I mean, you lost by point. It was six to five. I mean, it was a high-scoring affair. And point of information... Tyler Hero averaged more points than Duncan Robinson in the in the series against do you, Milwaukee. Do you want to go Let's to a tie? Do you want to draw? Do I'm just wanna, saying. I'm just saying. I lost a point for that, but Tyler Hero is better in his numbers all across the board. Just saying. Okay, uh, coming up next, we're going to talk about Tyler Hero. How, no, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was my. That was me. That was <laughs> my. Uh, coming up next, uh, sports on the fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Ah, uh, this music sounds awesome. It's a little different. I mean, I mean, for who? For me. Oh, okay. Well, you'll get used to it, man. It's all good. Um, I'll be honest. I don't know if I have anything for the last segment, uh, but I know you went to Jersey. I did. You didn't get my message about bringing back some Wawa. That's that's a no. I did not go to Wawa. <sighs> is there a way to just get that stuff like sent? For those who don't know, like Wawa is like a it's like a gas station slash like store. It's like a like it's a like a Seven Eleven. Yeah, like an A M P M type like fancier. thing. Fancier. Yeah. yeah, and they say they serve these sandwiches inside that are just. Amazing, phenomenal, and you go like, up to a little video board and you can kind of do anything you want in the sandwich, and they're and they're great. Yeah, yeah it's 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 pretty. So it's pretty awesome. Here's the here's the thing with Wawa. So Wawa is a huge Pennsylvania South Jersey thing. Uh, Wawa didn't exist where I grew up for my entire life. Uh, the closest Wawa was like an hour away, so I didn't go unless we. Uh, any the only time I ever went to Wawa was when I went to Six Flags because right. there was one next to Six Flags and that was like an hour south from where I lived. Um, so I love Wawa, but it's not like part of my New Jersey. Like I, I'm going home and getting a sandwich from here. I've got other places that I do that with because like, A, I want pizza for my favorite pizza place. B, I want bagels from the best bagel place in the history of Earth. And I want white manna, which are sliders, which are delightful. So what was uh, the first thing you did when you got off the plane? What was the first place you went to eat? Uh, the first place I went to eat, it was the bagel place. My parents got some bagels and, uh, I, I had myself, a a, a sesame bagel from uh, Teaneck road, hot bagels. And it was delightful. Absolutely delicious. Um, went out to dinner that night and then 
when we came back from the shore, we had a day before I left. That day, I got both white mana and my favorite pizza place, which was way too much food, but I loved every second of it. It was so good. That's awesome. So good. No, see, I'm, uh, there's only so, when I moved back home to Portland, there was only so many places I was like, I have to go there. And one of them was, man, uh, ninth, uh, ninth in Alberta at Jack's Chicken. I had to go there. If you've never been there, it's just, again, ninth in Alberta. It's a little corner store. And uh, they have the best fried chicken wings that you will have anywhere. Really? There's no, and mind you, there's a Popeyes and KFC down the street. Jack's Chicken, and by far and away, is the best chicken. Well, I would hope you're not comparing it to Popeyes and KFC. It's better than Popeyes would, and KFC. Exactly. Yeah. I would, it's not and, even in the same realm, for, for, I would imagine. For the, for the money that you plan to spend up there, you're going to get like 12 wings for like six bucks. It's pretty delicious. Cool. Shout out to Jack's. I'll see you in a bit. <laughs> He's going there right now. <laughs> All right, it's going to do it for us today. Uh, we'll be back next week, 9 to 11, I guess. We'll yeah. have to preview the NFL season next week, huh? Man, crazy. How is weird there, is that? Is there fantasy this year? Are you doing fantasy? I'm doing two fantasy leagues. Oh, yeah. okay. That's tight. Um, we got we got rules in place, extra IL or uh, IR spots just in case. You know, if, if the season ends after a certain amount of weeks, we don't get payouts, all that kind of stuff. You know, so it's uh, it's interesting. It's, uh, it's going to be interesting this year. So we'll talk some NFL next week, huh? Yes, I'm, I'm with it. Let's do it. I'm sure some other stuff will happen as well because, you know, it's 2020. That's going to do it for us. If you missed any of the show, Last Swap Tires podcast. And we'll see you next week. Have a very good rest of your weekend. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.